Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Jessica, it's time once again to do the thing we call DNF, this podcast. Uh, you are hearing the voice of Spencer Hall. Uh, and joining me, as always, is Jessica Smetana. We are here to talk about things that go vroom in the night or very early morning. Ooh, if spooky. you like Suzuka, Suzuka, which is the, the coolest track. Absolutely. Like maybe, maybe my favorite. I don't have a favorite, but it's close. It was so jarring to see it in the daylight, like in sunshine this year after last year's debacle, Spencer. It was mm-hmm. gorgeous. I enjoyed every second of this. Stayed up late to watch most of it and then finished it uh, Sunday. But I think the start time was like one o'clock Eastern. Um, and luckily, I was still awake eating my feelings about Notre Dame losing to Ohio State. So it was a nice little distraction on my drive home. Yeah, this is actually, before, before we talk about the particulars of the race, I think you need to know the story for anyone watching it here in the States. It came at the end of a tremendously long sporting day. If you were a person who has more than one interest, there was Premier League in the morning. You could get your soccer in in the morning. Then it jumped right into a very long day of college football, which is, you know, my ballywick and yours as well. And then... In the middle of it, there was a Rugby World Cup game, if you're following the Rugby World Cup. Ireland won. A banger of a game uh, between two titans, Ireland and South Africa. And then, then, if you somehow made it to even the late football game, lying in wait at the end, which this is what happened to me and why I'm telling the story, lying in wait at the end was the Japanese Grand Prix, which I said... I'm not going to stay up and watch. No, no, no. It won't be interesting. No way. Max Too will just, late. Max yeah. will just pull away. I'll be so tired. There's no way my brain will keep me awake for that. Jessica, I was wrong. I was completely wrong. I watched it. Well, I think last year was the year that Max won during this race, and no one knew until too far afterwards for it to, like, 
kind of sink in in any way. Um, mm-hmm. This year, and I should say he won like the driver's championship in Suzuka at Suzuka last year and everyone was like wait did he win did he not win because they did like this weird thing with with laps because of the rain this year he won and we officially now can say Red Bull are the constructors champions and Max has to finish the sprint race at the next race in at least third place and he will clinch the driver's championship uh, I believe so similar outcome as last year but a whole lot of weird, crazy stuff that happened. Uh, We're going to talk about Sergio Perez and what has been a disastrous last couple months. We're going to talk about Logan Sargent, uh, Spencer, not doing so hot in the warm seat. If you want to, if if you want to know a sign that things were off from the beginning here in this race, it's when Valtteri Bottas in the first two laps was like, yeah, it ain't working. It's not happening. And that's when I usually, he's kind of my bellwether for how a race goes. Even if he's back in like 18th, you're like, that thing seemed to be pretty normal. Yeah. If Bottas goes out, all of a sudden other people start dropping like flies. We had five DNFs, a, a tribute, lot. which is a loving tribute to us, but five in this race, including you would think, oh man, Verstappen did well. Surely Checo Perez followed suit and excelled in similar fashion. <clears throat> I have news for you. No. He he both DNF'd and then un-DNF'd and then re-DNF'd. <laughs> play, play, play that out for anybody not fortunate enough to see that. Uh, yeah, so he started in fifth place, mm-hmm. got into a collision on the first lap with Lewis Hamilton and Carlos Sainz. Um, yeah. Then he passed Fernando Alonso under caution going into the pit lane to get his his car repaired uh and so then after he left the pit lane they gave him the five second penalty so Mm -hmm. he he had knew he had to like go back in and serve the penalty because if you don't serve the penalty you get a penalty for the next race so then he went back into the pit to serve the penalty and then he came out and crashed into kevin magnuson which i think it was it's fair to say was entirely his bad um i I don't think k mag really like some of these racing incidents you can be like okay well you know he did this slightly wrong and then he did that and then this is well that's why we have this very polite term called racing incident meaning (laughs) we're all trying really hard and sometimes shit happens that's what racing incident means so then he went back into the pit they retired his car and then 41 minutes later he came back out and uh they had him serve another penalty for the full 10 seconds and then basically brought him back in on lap 43 and officially retired him for the rest of the race. Uh Like, if you were not watching this, I could see how that sounds very confusing because it was, even if you were watching it. It was so weird. And I think they, I mean, they did it all to avoid him getting a big grid penalty for the next race. So I think it's probably a smart call, but I don't think many people who watch Formula One knew that you could unretire a car in the middle of a race because I certainly didn't know that. And I've been watching like, three seasons of f1 now I, I don't think i've seen that happen before yeah a bizarre race for him it, it just by any definition of the term and a real if you think about it in terms of drivers who've had intriguing stories this year i'm not saying successful i'm <laughs> saying intriguing because two months ago there was a bit of buzz about well, i don't know maybe paris can push verstappen maybe we've got in a sort of desperate grasp at any kind of storyline 
we were like, mm, maybe Checo is going to be Verstappen's rival, and we'll have this sort of intra-team rivalry. Ooh, and boy, that has not been the case. Not at all. all. And it seems like very likely that this will not end well for Sergio Perez at Red Bull. Yeah. Um, and he seems to have, like, he's just not driving well. The last few races, he's made some really weird mistakes and has seemed completely bothered by everything that's going on there. And it's kind of sad because I think he's a lot of Formula One fans' favorite drivers. And then to see yeah. him come out and make all these mistakes that – it just seems like his his head's not in it or or something is is bothering him, right? It's like very uncharacteristic of him and very unfun to watch. Yeah. Uh let, let's talk about something a little bit happier, which is let's talk about my second favorite color, orange. Mm. First being blue, but for second Bears being fan. Or, or... <laughs> Mets fan? <laughs> You're a terrible person. <laughs> Go Gators. Uh, uh, okay. But orange, that is to say, you go, oh, Verstappen, the, the Dutchman. No, we're talking about McLaren. Ah, uh, McLaren. That's right. We're talking about McLaren. We're talking about another amazing storyline because McLaren, who started off the season again in an absolute shambles and owning it, like not just in a shambles, but Zach Brown going like, ah, yeah, you know, we, we, we messed up. We messed up super bad. Recovering to the point where they not only podiumed, but went 2-3 after being an absolute disaster to start the season. Yeah. And Oscar Piastri got his first podium in Formula One. And I think you have to give them a lot of credit because Lando Norris, if if you can recall from the first half of the season, was not happy with how this car was driving. Uh, And there was a lot of like consternation among his camp about his future with McLaren. Um, But they still raced every race, finished poorly in all of them. And then as soon as the upgrade came, you saw the results. And McLaren, like they admitted from early in the season, like we know we know we screwed up. Like you said, we we fixed it. You won't be able to tell that we fixed it for a few months. So just hang in there. And I think for the fans that hung in there and we're hoping this would happen. Like these are, this is the payoff. These are the results. They are extremely fast consistently. They've now, uh, Lando has now podiumed the last two races in a row in Singapore and Japan finished in second. Um, in Silverstone and Hungary, he also finished in second in those back-to-back races. And then in between they've been driving close to the Mercedes and the Ferraris. And that is a stark contrast from earlier in the season when the first two races, they were like the last two cars on the grid. Yeah. If you were to take a driver, by the way, independent of car right now, independent of performance, and you could not take Max Verstappen, your first pick, it might be Lando Norris. Like He's a very the, good driver. The, the, the prophecy, right? The chosen one. <laughs> the, the king who was to be. The prince who was promised. The prince who was promised. The story might be unfolding. I think you could make an argument going into next season. And maybe this is recency bias, bias because George Russell has had some a couple rough ones in a row. Um, this is this is by the way George's uh this is his Daffy Duck race, right? Yeah. <laughs> and, and by that I mean it was I thought I was the star. I thought I'm, I was going I'm the to get special boy. Yeah. yeah, his his radio me- well okay, we'll get into this. George's radio messages like if you if you were not really paying attention to all of that, like it seemed like probably he had a fine race, like nothing went 
catastrophically wrong like last weekend, but the yep. entire race, he was so concerned with Lewis Hamilton and getting a better finish, having a better finish than Lewis Hamilton that it completely took away from like anything else that was going on. Mm -hmm. And Lewis has had better pace. He's just been faster than George the entire season. Right. So like if you're a Mercedes or a Hamilton fan, you're like, what is like, what is this guy doing? Why is he doing this? If you're a Russell fan, like maybe you think it's your turn, but it's not your turn if you're not driving faster than your teammate week to week. It's not, and it's also not great if other people are passing you because of the decisions that you and your team have made regarding tires. Piastri blasted past him last in the race, largely because uh, Piastri was on. Yeah, yeah. he's on fresher. He's on fresher kicks. He was. He was definitely like in better condition tire wise, and then as if the Daffy ducking weren't complete, ended up getting passed again and again to end yeah. up finishing, I believe, seventh on the day. And very vocal about it, too. Like, this is another thing where I go, George, we got to stop making rookie mistakes. You got to stop actually saying how you feel on the radio, right? Make your decisions, do what you got to do. Yeah. But, uh, but don't spill it. I don't think it's very endearing. I don't think that people hear it and are like, on his side about it right <laughs> yeah it, this is this is where let, let's work let's work a listener question in here because okay. i think it's valid to what we're talking about from at darth dream did george have a right to be mad when his pace was slower strategy was worse <laughs> only at himself yeah right maybe take it up with the team later but you know sometimes you have a bad one and how you handle that bad one affects the next one so if, you know, and you do work even, even in F1, even when you only have, you know, two drivers on a team, uh, you, we all know that ain't the team. The entire team is, you know, engineers, your uh, pit crew, management, everything. You can't do that. Like you really can't. You have to be, you have to be exact in what you're saying and you got to be precise. Lewis is a great example of this, by the way. Lewis is the kind of guy who over time really earned the right to sort of occasionally be snippy because I think everyone knew that and knows that Lewis is hardest in the right place and that he's very, very exact about what he wants, but you should be. It's a sport of precision. Mm -hmm. I, I don't think George has that kind of status yet. I think George, it, it just seems like he cares so much about beating Lewis that he kind of sacrifices his place in the race just to prove that he's the faster Mercedes driver sometimes yeah. um and yeah he just he's just made some really weird mistakes the last few weeks I mean kind of kind of like what we're saying with Sergio Perez where like it seems like he's not having the season he expected to have and after last year when George was dubbed the best lad he was extremely consistent he was finishing top five every single race uh, I think this has been a little bit of like him crashing down to earth and realizing like this is a lot harder when the other cars are also fast and kind of on pace with us. And yeah. I'm, you know, he still has to compete against Lewis Hamilton, who is one of the best Formula One drivers in the entire history of the sport. So it's definitely difficult, which is why earlier I was going to say when we were talking about the McLarens, maybe Lando and Oscar Piastri are the best two drivers right now on a team I, I think that's mm -hmm. like you can make an argument for the Ferraris but after the last couple of weeks with Mer the Mercedes watching the Mercedes I'm like I'm a little worried for George I'm a little worried for him he's still very good but I think he needs to like kind of 
take it take a deep breath for a minute. It's an anxious man. I mean, I wouldn't expect that. <laughs> but yeah, George George seems at the moment George seems a bit anxious. You know the opposite of anxious is, and I'm going to like two guys in particular. This is from Emil C. McClellan. At what point? Oh, I'm sorry. This is this is from formerly Heck. Did Silly Season have more surprises in store other than Checo? Do you see anyone's? Uh, I'm going to say remaining contract being bought out. Um, this is where I wanted to remind everybody that speaking of chill, we both have Danny Rick and Yuki Sonoda being re up for 2024. DGAF bros, unite, <laughs> right? Put your hands lazily in the air. Guys who just kind of look sometimes like they don't care, but are so good at their jobs. It doesn't matter. I'm thrilled to have both of them back. Danny Ricardo is my favorite. He has my favorite position, which is the ex-boyfriend position. You can bring mm. him on a team. You can have him in reserve. And when things with your standard driver don't look too great, you can be like, you know who I miss? You know, I miss Danny. I miss Danny. He's right there. What's he oh, up to? What's he up to? You know, he looks great. You seen him? He looks I think he's great. in town this week for Thanksgiving. Should I text him? We could have him over. You you go know? to a local bar. Wouldn't be weird, would it? <laughs> um. That brings up the question of what to do with Liam Lawson, though, who's actually had a pretty solid start with AlphaTauri replacing Daniel Daniel Ricardo. Finished in 11th uh, in Japan this weekend and finished in the points last weekend. So he's like driving pretty decently. I think if you take the four, we'll call them like rookies, but include Nick DeVries, who is no longer racing in Formula One, Logan Sargent, who may no longer be racing in Formula One, TBD, what happens with him, um, and Lawson and Piastri. I think Piastri is the obvious best one. Uh, he Literally, Alpine and McLaren were fighting over him because he was so good, and they knew he would be good. So that's not really a surprise. But Liam Lawson has been like pretty solid, in this car for the last four races and there's a smaller sample size for sure um but it, it's interesting to see if he gets left out next year from having a seat yeah there's a rumor a rumor that that lawson uh is guaranteed a spot on the 25 field if he sits out the 24 season as a reserve driver uh, that's from the red bull alpha tari conglomerate in general um that seems to be like a weird deal to me, especially given we were just talking about George Russell, Russell and patience F1 drivers, not the most patient people mm -hmm. when it comes to um, when it comes to career prospects for better or for worse. See Daniel Ricardo and consistent and persistent team jumping. That might be the case. He's a hot commodity. Williams Williams is always right there. Williams is always right there to be like, Hey, do you want to prove that you're a great driver? Do you want a great car? I can offer you one of these things. That's it. And <laughs> so he's right there. It's a great story. I think when people say this has been a boring season, valid critiques in terms of the number one spot and the outcomes of races at the top, in terms of actual sort of, you know, internecine drama between teams and drivers coming up, there's a lot of really good talent, a lot of good young talent that really, I think, you know, over the next couple of years, you're going to see put in some amazing positions. I think that's, you know, that's the most interesting thing for me. This is a developmental year. It's the, it is the second part of a trilogy, right? This is mm -hmm. the part where we the develop. Towers. All, 
Yes, it is the two towers. It is your Empire Strikes Back. It is your, we are going to establish some difficult stuff so that it pays off in the third installment. I'm wearing my Lord of the Rings shirt right now, actually. Nice. Yeah. Um, anywho, also shout out to Doug. I feel like I forgot to mention this, but Doug brought me back Lord of the Rings merch from New Zealand and it's too nice for me to use. It's like dish towels with Rivendell and Hobbiton on it. Yeah. Um, and I'm never going to like wipe up a dirty counter with that. So they're just on display right now. Anyways, uh, put that with with the fine china. Exactly. (laughs) Um, I want to, now that you mentioned Young Drivers and we've talked about Logan Sargent briefly, uh, this is from Trash Takes. Is it time to demote him to Logan Lieutenant Spencer? (laughs) Other than the, I think, mistaken rank, right? right, Is it Lieutenant higher than Sergeant? I'm not sure. Lieutenant is officer. Um, Sergeant is, you know, uh, non-officer. Okay. Yeah. So I would say... So yes or no? <laughs> we would de- we would demote him. We would not demote him to lieutenant. Private was he? We would do. Logan we would private? demote him to Logan. Logan private. Yeah. Logan cor- corporal. Logan corporal? corporal would also be a lower rank. I'm going to okay. be gentle with him. I haven't seen NCIS in a while, so yeah, we'll take him down to Logan private for the moment. Okay. Logan yeah. private. Yeah. So he crashed in the first lap of qualifying, and his car was so badly damaged that Williams had to. Uh, create a third car, a, a mystery third car, use a third chassis to reconstruct his car, got penalized for it. Um, Dave Robson, who's the Williams head of vehicle performance, said uh, when when asked what they had to replace, almost everything. It will have a, a spare chassis, spare power unit, a previously used one, so no additional penalty. A spare gearbox, same thing, a previously used one, floor, rear wing, front wing. Okay, let's be. I'm gonna that's, try to. That's do the something. whole car. Can you name? Can you name something that he didn't that he didn't say? That's like part of a car. Uh, the steering wheel. I don't know. Yeah, may, maybe uh, the yeah the wheel that would be. <laughs> Actually, who knows? Maybe yeah. they have to replace that. <laughs> uh, let's. I'm gonna do something that doesn't come naturally to me. I'm gonna try to be kind. Oh. So, let's do this. Logan Sargent began the year consistently lingering around that like 18 to 20 spot in DNFing. Now, as the year has gone on since he DNFed at Canada, he's 13th, 11th, 13th, 14th. The, the performance has been more consistent. I don't think his actual racing is the problem. Like I, I, like I really, in this sense, like if he's on the track, he's good. He's DNFed in five of 16 races. That is, I'm sure, to some percentage, blamable on the car, perhaps. But at the same time, if he kept it on the track, I really don't think we'd be having this discussion about him. Yeah, I really don't. We'd be like, well, he's with Williams, and he's in the like low teens. That to me seems like that's about where you end up. Well, I think that's what more or less like what Williams messaging has been that like he's had some really costly, like literally costly, like costs a lot of money. Yeah. Mistakes. It's It's very expensive for a team that doesn't have as many resources as like Mercedes and Red Bull have. Um, But he's like steadily improving. And then something like this happens and it's hard to sell that to people that are watching the sport. Like, is he really steadily improving? He just, crashed his entire like both sides of his car hit the wall and it was complete driver error and a race I, I don't think he's ever raced in japan before so maybe you give him like mm-hmm. a slight like 
forgiveness for that, whereas most of these other drivers have, and including the younger drivers who maybe have in other series. But if you compare his results just to his teammate, Alex Albon, who is, I think by all accounts, like he is just a better driver. He has more experience. He's raced in different cars in F1. He's raced at this track more times. Like he's obviously having a better season, but he's had two DNFs and has finished in the points, I think four or five times. So he's obviously doing much worse than his teammate, which I think it's difficult to compare because it is Albon, but um, that's something that, you know, F1 teams look at because they're driving the same equipment. Um, but yeah, it's, it's very interesting to see what happens next because he also had the crash during the race with Botas and Botas's radio message was so funny. It was like the most like, what the fuck just happened message of I, I have ever heard. It was like just complete frustration, but also genuinely like what happened? Cause I, I, I don't even know what just happened. Like, where did that car come from? Yeah, he, um, we're, I'm trying to be kind. But even when I'm kind, I want you to notice that the best possible read on Logan Sargent's situation is he's improving, but that improvement is punctuated with ridiculously expensive crashes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's, that's hard to sell, man. That is really hard to sell. Yeah. So Logan private until further notice. We'll see where he ranks yeah. at the end of the year. Um, yeah. You don't get to drive the tank in this army. Maybe he will get not. dishonorably discharged from Formula One. Uh, it's it's entirely possible. And again, this goes back to the question we were just talking about, <laughs> where you go, okay, um, does the American market really absolutely love this guy? Is he... I don't even see him doing media in America. Like, I, I saw one, I think maybe Nate Saunders wrote an article that he was interviewed for, I want to say, like, two months ago. Yeah, that's really the only media I've seen him do. I haven't seen him do any of the other things that you would kind of expect. Um, I know like they'll be in Austin in a month. It'll be interesting to see if they do any sort of like PR push around that. Yeah. Um, but it is interesting. Maybe there's a reason why. Maybe he's not super comfortable doing media. Maybe he's just not, you know, they want him to focus on driving and not so much worry about all the other stuff. But it does seem like if the reason that he's in Formula One is monetary and PR benefits, like why isn't he doing more? And there there could be a valid reason. I don't know. But yeah, it's it's There's interesting. All, there, again, who am I looking at? We have a glut of talented young drivers. And are you one of them? Right. Clearly. Like, are you clearly more talented than the guys that I'm looking at on other teams who are at or around your age or, or levels of experience and are doing better? That's that's a hard sell for him. So I don't know. We'll, we'll come around. This is me trying to be kind. We can be mean when he crashes again. I, yeah. I I like this question from Lurky McLurkley. Is George now officially the naughtiest lad? <laughs> well, I'm going to combo this with another question, okay? okay. Which, is, um, which is from Holy Venom. Does Oscar have permanent best lad status? Mm. Only good vibes from him. No one has good... No one has permanent best lad status. We believe in works, not just faith around here. Mm -hmm. Jessica, okay, mm -hmm. we need to see the track record. So again, your record is your record. You're evaluated every day. Um, there is no memory. We have to focus on the present. So at the moment, is George now officially the naughtiest lad? I'm going to let you call this one because I have a call on the other one. 
Are, me or the or the Yo, audience? You can, no, naughtiest lad, naughtiest lad. I mean, he's very, being very naughty. I feel like Austin Powers when I use the word naughty. Um, yeah, I, I think I don't. I can't think of a naughtier lad. If that answers your question. At the moment, I would go ahead and say naughty lad. Um, I have a little bit of an AV assist here, by the way, because I don't think that Oscar Piastri, being from Australia could be the best lad. That just feels wrong, right? I need you to be sort of tripped out. I need you to be sort of in a club in Bali with all those sweaty, drunk, and extremely ecstatic Australians where I know you want to be, right? Yeah. Dancing to something extremely like, I don't know, Tame Impala. I think you should just let this happen and join me in awarding Oscar Piastri. Best bloke status. Oh! That's right. Best bloke New status. Award. You got it. I would make this more emphatic, but the profanities routinely employed by Australians would take us and demonetize us instantly from any and all <laughs> platforms of legitimate status. So I'm just going to go ahead and say yes. Best bloke to Oscar Piastri, who just do a beautiful work, man. Absolutely beautiful. He really work. is. I'm so so happy. I love it when somebody gets their first podium because I don't know, man. You might not get another one. Like that's that the sport is that tenuous and things change that quickly. So congratulations to him in all sincerity. Just it's been fun watching him develop and he's been, I think, the best part of a really good story already in McLaren's resurgence this year. I think um the second naughtiest lad this week was Pierre Gasly, who did not does not win the award and is no longer in contention for the award because he did what he was supposed to do, but he did he was mm -hmm. not happy about it. He uh swapped places with Esteban Ocon, his teammate, who like reportedly they aren't the best of friends, I guess. I don't I don't really know what how much truth there is to that, but um his race engineer asked him to swap back and he was not going to do it until the very last minute and his radio messages were not happy and his race engineer kept telling him like hey let's just talk about this when you get back because you know everyone can hear this and he finally did it but it was it was almost very very naughty i i feel for the race engineer in those spots because how on earth are you going to tell this person driving 200 miles an hour, right? <laughs> so at the far limit of control. I need you to calm down. Yeah. I need you to, you're already in the most insane position in the world. And then we've asked you to do something, which is obviously extremely angering to what you want to do. Yeah. I want to talk about um, something that happened on the podium, Spencer, which is that Japan had trophies with, lip recognition technology did you see this i did yeah what apparently they programmed these trophies to know which driver's lips were kissing them so that they could display the color of that driver's flag after they won and i'm wondering if this is all like just complete bullshit and they actually just programmed it to be orange for max verstappen because they knew he would probably win um but what, what, like, how did they get all of these drivers' lip imprints? Or if this is just, and where can I first find of them? all, just kidding. wouldn't it be easier to just, yeah, program, just be like, okay, make them orange or blue, right? Yeah. Like this orange, just do that, and like then the this mess. one will be red. Yeah. Uh, that would be much easier, I, I would think, as opposed to creating an entire lip recognition machine. Also, can I tell you the creepiest part of this? Yes. Somebody's working on a lip print recognition machine. That's... 
that's the creepiest part of this for me, that this is a priority for some Japanese scientists that they're like, you know what's very important right now? I need to know who has been kissing this. Like that's like what wow. what else could this technology like they always say like oh Formula One, like the forefront of technology in in automobile making and manufacturing. Like, ah, these these cars, you learn so much about cars from these Formula One cars, but like this maybe is a technology that we don't need. I can't think of another use for it. I'm not sure if anyone can. If you can and it's PG, you can tweet it at me. So but just just imagine next year, Stefano Domenicali <laughs> rolling out for race one. And he goes, we have something new this year, everybody. If you look, these cars are now keyed to each driver's individual lip print. So that in order to begin the car, as with all things in F1, it involves love. And you must kiss the car <laughs> to make it start. That's, I'm joking, but I'm not. Like, they would totally do something like that. It's so strange. But, you know, it worked because it turned orange for Max. So, <laughs> hey, Imagine, credit by the way, to them. And he didn't break his trophy this week. I mean, you got to go out and kiss your, like, Subaru Outback <laughs> every morning. I, I truly... You got to walk out there and be like, I'm mad at you, but I got to kiss you anyway. You know what? Maybe this is, like, for when you're at work and you have leftovers in Tupperware and... Mm-hmm. Your your coworkers keep stealing them, but I don't. I just can't think of a use for lip technology that we couldn't just use fingerprints for. Um, and similarly, I was at Whole Foods yesterday, and there's like a palm scanner there now. Uh-huh. Apparently, that's the thing. Um, I, again, like fingerprints, like we everyone already has my biometrics. There, it, it's all out there. It, you can find yeah. that. I don't know what why why we're testing new body parts when will it end yeah this is this is leading up to i'm telling you this is leading up to max verstappen having to pucker up and kiss his car <laughs> to make it start and the drivers being like we are very against kissing the car except valtteri is like i like my car i will kiss it <laughs> and they're like valtteri no no, no tongue there. no tongue no, yeah no tongue, <laughs> no tongue. do not grow up the car <laughs> Anywho, uh, from Ryan B, is it time for Lance Stroll to go? Ooh. <laughs> no. We are being really mean today, aren't no, we? No, are it is not. Demoting Logan Sargent. We are asking George Russell <sighs> and Sergio Perez what's wrong with them mentally. Um, Lance Stroll. With Checo, with Checo, that's a good question, and I may want to talk about that after this. Okay. Just a warning in advance. But, like, legitimately... Legitimately, did you expect someone to fire their son? Yeah, I mean, did Kirk Ferns has been <laughs> has been denying uh, that pleasure for Iowa fans for years. Right. Go look yeah. at the number of times that's actually happened in real life that somebody yeah. somebody has fired their son. Now go look at this. How many times has somebody purchased a large commercial enterprise, put their son in charge of it, and then said, "Ah, it's not working," and fired them? That's just not. I'm not saying it's right or wrong. Personally, I'm like, yeah, you should probably get rid of him. That's probably what you should do if you wanted to have a better racing team. Especially, again, given the large glut of young potential that there is in this sport. However, that's not what happens. That's not, like, you're not describing a reality that exists anywhere in this world, okay? It's just not there. Fail sons exist for a reason. Yeah. They do. do. It's a dynamic that just happens over and over and over again. Especially in sports. And it's not like Lance Stroll's been Logan Sargent ineffective. That's the problem with Lance Stroll, is that he hasn't been bad enough for it to be a joke and make Lawrence Stroll look like a joke. Yeah. 
I mean, I think there's your answer right there. Whether it's time for him to go or not time for him to go, he will not be going. <laughs> no. Is it time? Irrelevant. It ain't happening. Yeah. Not great, though, that they brought in Fernando Alonso to race uh, the same car as him. That has not been great for him. Uh, maybe it's time for Alonso to go because that's the problem is that now you can't like just blame the car, blame the manufacturer, blame, you know, the engineers because you've got a pretty decent guy, a pretty decent car for this other guy who's driving it really well. Uh-huh. Uh, and yeah. now you're comparing it to someone who's been in F1 for several years now and has never really like gotten to the next level. Yeah. Um, so guy was cu- currently fourth in points and uh, yeah, whereas you're currently 10th in points. Yeah. Behind, I would point out, rookie Oscar Piastri. Mm-hmm. So that's not good for you either. Nope. Not good. All right. Are you going to give us your Checo uh, take? Yeah. They go, because this is, this is to me, this is to me like a very large question that may be beyond the realm of anybody except sports psychologists and counselors. How do we fix Checo? Brutal, this is from A. Rafael 52 Brutal, he's continuing the Mexican sporting tradition of getting close to the top before unraveling in the most brutal fashion imaginable. See any World Cup between 94 and 2018 and the last World Baseball Classic. First of all, um, Mr. Rafael 52 uh, we've obviously touched a nerve with a larger story about international Mexican sporting yeah. fate. And let me just say... I know it may be brutal, but no one's ever watched like a really good Mexican team at the international level and thought they're not cool. No, they're always cool. You're like, even when they're like, like I am a United States men's national team fan. And every time we play Mexico, I'm like, oh man, I like fighting with these guys. The <laughs> uh, but on the specific issue of how do we fix Checo? I don't think it's, nobody's far gone. Nobody's past the pale. He's shown the ability to win. That's the that's like j- job one. Have you shown the ability to win? Yeah, yeah. Yes. Has he shown the ability to be an effective number two driver? Yeah, he's already demonstrated that. In he fact, won, like, he won Max for champion. <laughs> Max, Max, for Max for champion the championship in twenty twenty one. Like that was that was all right. him. Right. Yeah. In fact, I would argue like he is in that role. He was already the best number two driver I've seen in a while Mm -hmm. in terms of being, you know, the enforcer, being the guy who can block, being the guy who works well within your race strategy, being the guy who is competitive while never really threatening your status too much. Um, The thing is, nobody wants to retire as the greatest number two driver of all time. They want to do their own thing. And that's really, if you go... Well, what's the next step? That is the only step remaining for Checo is that he has to become the number one driver somewhere else. Because I don't think, like if I had to guess, you know, where's the real stress here? The real stress for Checo, it's not like the money's a problem. It's fabulously wealthy. It's not like the team's a problem. He's got the best, the second best machine anyway out there. Well, not like the, not like the team is in like the equipment on the road. Right. More so the team is in the team politics. Yeah. Your politics are your only issue, and yeah. your, your your role is your only issue. We've seen you perform and, and do everything asked of you, everything asked of you. The only thing that has to change is the, the situation. You'll say, well, where does he go? I'm like, I have no idea. Absolutely none, because the top is so saturated at this point with people that are deemed either irreplaceable or, you know, 
too much has invested in them already to have them move. You know, like, okay, we'll go to Mercedes. Nobody's moving from Mercedes. Yeah. Right? They're not going anywhere. Uh, go to McLaren. McLaren's full up. McLaren has, as, as we said, right now, as good a pair of drivers in terms of their co-working relationship as anyone on the grid. So where does he go? I'm not sure. I think he's got a very difficult position because I know what the answer is for him career-wise. But right now, situationally, it um, it's not happening. Yeah. Tragically. Yeah. It's it's. We might have come full circle around to your Mexican international sporting tragedy theory, right? <laughs> You're not wrong about that. Um, there, there was one other question about Perez, which is which is worse, being told to sit in timeout in the car until the race is over, or sending him back out there to get the blue flag to get blue flagged the entire time. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Also, it looks. I'll also say, <laughs> it's like trying to make a decision past 11 p.m. Right now, it's 11 p.m. for him at Red Bull. Get some sleep. Wake up in the morning. <laughs> make a better decision. Okay. Yeah. Don't go to the Notre Dame Ohio State game. That's the decision I would have not made. <laughs> I thought y'all looked fine. Yeah, that's the problem. They actually looked really good and then they lost. You just made one dumb Hey, you DNF'd. You made one dumb mistake and you put a good car in the wall. You're gonna come back what's, next week. What's the F one equivalent of having not enough players on the field for like a game Ferrari ending drive? Ferrari. <laughs> You Ferrari did. Oh if you my want to know God, what Notre Dame no. did, you 100% Ferrari did. You're right, and I hate it. No. Great machine, great talent, crap execution when it counted. That, I hate to say it, but Notre Dame <gasps> and Ferrari both being great legacy brands with a recent history of dysfunction, it's too on the nose for me to enjoy making it, but I have to say it. All right, see you next time. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.